welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. Hey, 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 Aiki Koku here with another episode of the Thriving Advisors podcast. And with me today is Eric Dumbach. And uh, Eric, such a pleasure to have you here on the show with us, man. It is great to be with you, sir. Thanks for the invite. Very welcome. Very welcome. So why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about your company and what you guys do at a high level? Sure. So I am the founder and CEO of Coaches Coach. And we're in the business of uh, helping business executives, coaches, and consultants transition into the world of business coaching, you know, without risking their life savings or reinventing the wheel. And we've been at it for uh, well over 15 years, since 2005, and have helped literally thousands of executives make the transition from, you know, really successful careers in executive leadership of large companies, or in some cases, leadership of their own, you know, privately held family-owned businesses, but wanting to take the skill set that they've developed in executive leadership and uh, get out and start helping business owners run better businesses. And so we, we help them make that transition. Love it. Love it. I'm, I'm passionate about the small uh, to medium-sized business owner space because, quite frankly, I think Wall Street gets way too much credit. <laughs> uh, and I think you and I both know that the real action is on Main Street and uh, yeah. knows that they need all the help that they can get. Tell me a little bit about your background. Like, what what led you into this, uh, you know, niche space that you're in right now? Sure. So, up until 2001, I had been pastoring in a church in Pennsylvania. For, so about seven years, was pastoring in this little church and uh, was trying to raise a million dollars to build a teen center in our city for, for the young people um, that were involved in our, in our youth ministry. I was trying to raise a million bucks and couldn't do it. And I realized that it's because I didn't understand how money works. I'd been a pastor. I mean, I had an engineering degree, but really no business experience to speak of. So 
decided the best way to learn about business is to teach business. So I took my pastoral skill set of communicating and counseling and mentoring and training and just took it into the, into the business marketplace. I actually invested in a business coaching franchise, one of the early business coaching franchises back then. It was a good way to get started, uh, got me launched, um, but I, I, I quickly found after a number of years that the value wasn't there. So uh, left on good terms and went out on my own. And uh, we, in a four, over a four-year period, went from zero to a million dollars a year in business coaching revenue. Wow. And uh, 23% operating profit. Along the way, I needed to hire a bunch of associate coaches to help consume the demand. Mm-hmm. I guess that was one of the other skills that I brought was promotion. <laughs> so, I, so I was able to promote successfully, bring on a lot of business coaching clients. And, yeah. and so four years later, uh, in 2005, we had a million dollar firm. And uh, of the seven associate coaches, four of them came to me and said, you know, what would it, what would it take to buy this from you? And so I sold it to them for a million dollars back in 2005 um, and then started Coach's Coach, uh, which, which, you know, I've been running now for, again, over 15 years. But when I sold the original business coaching firm for a million dollars, I realized, okay, I've developed a lot of intellectual property. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can go global with this thing and, and train business coaches around the world. Also wrote a business, uh, I wrote a book called The Million Dollar Business Coaching Firm, which is an Amazon best seller in the category. So that's how we got into this thing. It's been uh, really quite amazing. <laughs> quite the rich and interesting background. So you've got an engineer's mind. So I, I can already, already envision yes. how that was very much an asset for you at the transition. Yeah. Good, good observation. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you, so the transition from engineering as a background to preaching, how did that happen? Did you use any of that degree or I mean, I'd love to hear that story as well. Well, I did engineering for a couple of years and had gotten involved volunteering in our church. And then, you know, they liked what I was doing and said, hey, could we bring you on staff? So I just left the engineering behind after a couple of years. But like you say, you never you never forget how to think like an engineer. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed the pastoral work I mean, loved it. In fact, loved it, uh, developed a lot of skills. But yes, I think when I got into the business coaching industry in 2001, after pastoring for seven years, um, I really, I really found one of my loves, which is business process engineering, just love finding things that are broken in businesses, fixing them, and then systematizing a process that others can use to fix those same problems. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. There are, you know, we're talking in the green room about just the space that we're in, and there's obviously a lot of players, so to speak, in our space. Uh, what is what is y'all's value proposition? What do you guys do uniquely different than the franchise models or even other licensing plays that are out there as well? Yeah, I mean, such a great question. We are the only organization that we know of training business coaches on the planet that put a guarantee uh, to the work that we do. So we invite executives to come into a one-year program. And what we do is we place the executive with a certified coach's coach, hence the name of the business, coach's coach. Mm -hmm. We've come to believe that the number one thing that's missing in most of the business coach training opportunities, whether it's franchising or licensing, the number one thing missing is having a proven practitioner to walk alongside and apprentice you in the business. Mm -hmm. 
that was the hardest part for me, even being part of a franchise. I didn't really have a proven practitioner who was walking alongside me. And that's why I ended up needing to re-engineer and develop processes of my own and why I ended up leaving the franchise. There was nothing there for me that I could really use and no one that was really constantly walking alongside. So, so we were called Coach's Coach and we, we put an executive for 12 months under the tutelage uh, and the coaches that are doing this work are banking $50,000 a month. The coaches' coaches are, are, are living the dream and making great money. And so for, for most business executives, it's just really a wonderful opportunity to learn from a proven resource. And then, of course, we've got all the materials and all that stuff as well. But it's a 12-month process to get you going. And, uh, and so the guarantee uh, is that by the end of the 12-month training, we call it the Rockstar Coaching Program, the executive will be banking $10,000 to $30,000 per month, and that's the guarantee, uh, or we will refund the money. We, uh, we put 30 to 50 coaches per year through our program, and we, give, we do have to give about one refund a year is <laughs> about our average. So 30 to 50 coaches a year, we, we give MEC money about once a year. We don't like it. We want every coach to win, but uh, it doesn't always happen, you know. That's an awesome guarantee. And I love the mentoring component because you and I both know that is, that is the one, uh, one critical success factor that quite frankly, you can't put a price tag on, right? Uh, the ability to have somebody who isn't like scratching their head, trying to figure it out. It's got all this theory yeah. around what coaching is supposed to look like, but somebody who's been in the trenches and who has the KPIs to show that they are a success in their own right yeah, is such a valuable component of what I think you guys are doing. Thank you. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant on your part. What is the, uh, so I've been in the business coaching space, been in the financial services space, got a couple of books out there in the financial services space. And my first book was called Winning the Money Game, Separating the Myths from the Truth. Nice. Everything you don't know about achieving financial independence. Part of my claim to fame is that I, Eight, 34 years old, I was financially independent. So it's 31 years ahead of where most of my clients were trying to get to. Well done, well done. But that whole idea of myths is something that I see that holds true in every industry. So we can call it a myth, we can call it a problem, we can call it you know whatever label we want to use. But within the coaching industry, what is the one myth or two or three of them, if you want to talk about more than one, uh, that you absolutely... I don't want to use the word hate, uh, but disagree with and, and maybe have as part of your MO to debunk that with the way you guys are operating. Yeah, I mean, maybe a myth that comes to mind first is the myth that it's possible to be successful as a business coach, you know, without having to do the work of marketing and sales. Mm. And, you know, we have a lot of coaches that come to us and they just don't want to do the work of marketing and sales. And, and I, we always tell them it's, it's a myth, you know, because if you're not great at marketing and sales, you're going to really, A, be unable to acquire the clients you need to have a viable business coaching practice. Mm -hmm. But B, you're going to struggle to solve the problems that a lot of small to mid-sized companies have in marketing and sales. And as we all know, nothing happens until a sale is made, you know, an entire business falls apart without revenue. So a lot of coaches uh, come to us and just, A, don't want to have to think about it or B, want somebody to do it for them. So 
you can't do it. You know, you've got to love and embrace the idea of becoming a beast at marketing and sales if you're going to be successful as a business coach. Oh, well said. I tell people all the time who transition into entrepreneurship because oftentimes just because you've got a great skill set at doing something, whether it's in corporate or elsewhere, you might be a good widget manufacturer. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, but manufacturing said widget and marketing said widget, completely different. So I always tell people who come into our space, I go, understand one thing, whether you're a relationship coach, a business coach, a financial coach, health coach, doesn't matter what it is, scrap that to the side and understand these three things. These are the three skill sets that you absolutely must master is one, recognize that you are in the belief changing business first. Mm. Art of marketing is recognizing what false beliefs people have about the opportunity that you have to present to them, debunking that and telling them why they need to take on this new belief about what it is you can do. And then two, which kind of leads into the whole marketing thing is you are first and foremost, an independent marketer of yeah. life coaching, wellness yeah. coaching, whatever it is. And then the third thing is just uh, relationship management. I tell them as good as you may be in helping drop some, you know, profits to the PL or creating a widget or whatever the case may be nobody ever buys that right they buy a relationship first with eric which happens to come with it the ability to have a turnkey licensed platform to provide business coaching services so uh, really 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 cool stuff there what um You've talked about some of the things that you've accomplished. I'm going to ask the question again, and I'll go the opposite direction. What do you consider to be one of your greatest accomplishments over the span of your career, not just with the stuff we've talked about? Yeah, well, you know, one of the accomplishments that comes to mind is we have continued to evolve our business coaching system mm. uh, and just every, every time we get a coach who comes to us, who's been in the space, has looked at different licensing models or even franchise models, one of the things that we hear consistently is we can tell you have invested continually over the last 15 years to keep your materials current, to keep mm -hmm. the methodologies that you teach current, the templates, the systems, the PowerPoints, everything we do. So I, I'm sure it's a function kind of how I'm wired, this yeah. business process engineer, but I, I continue after 20 plus years to coach business owners. I, I coach businesses as small as a couple million dollar restaurant mm -hmm. to businesses as large as $150 million manufacturing concerns. And I just traffic in this stuff day in and day out. So we're constantly evolving, constantly uh, innovating and, uh, and, you know, constantly trolling the space for best practices so we're you know um always and, and we end up developing licensing relationships with other vendors who are best of class solution providers so what people tell us is that our platform has become really a a beautiful curated platform of best practices not just originated by me even though i originate a lot of best practices um, but curated from a lot of great sources, very well organized, very easy to use, very easy to follow. And, it's, and we've been at it for 15 years and have never stopped. So I guess I'm kind of proud of that, you know. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. Maybe you could give me an example of like what um, your business coaching process system 1.0 looked like. 
versus what it looks like now in terms of some of the things that you guys are doing. Yeah, well, um, it's it, one of the one of the things that I did when I first got started in 2001 and, and landed my first three, four, five business coaching clients is I kind of used a hammer with everything. Uh, if it was a nail, I used a hammer. If it was a, you know, I just used the same tool. And, and what I did was marketing and sales. I just threw revenue growth at every business that I coached. And I found that some businesses had uh, had problems further down on the P&L. They had operational problems. Maybe the gross profit margins were too low. The prices were too low. There was inefficiencies in, in the, you know, the processes at different places. And if I just grew the business or scaled the business from a revenue point of view, I could scale them right out of business. So, <laughs> so, um, so I started evolving a business coaching framework that we now call the five steps to freedom. And that has undergone a few different um, revisions over the years. But um, you know, if I Googled the five steps to freedom now, and we, I, I will see it being used by business coaches all over the world, translated into different languages. But the business, the, this business coaching framework called the Five Steps to Freedom says that we can take a business from pre-revenue, which we call the, the creation step, through the chaos step, the control step, then to prosperity, and then to freedom, hmm. through a multi-year process from pre-revenue to selling the business. We can take a business from anywhere on that journey and help the business owner get to the freedom step, which includes, you know, the, the grand finale of a successful exit. So we know how business, we know how to help business owners actually exit their business and sell. Um, and so, so the framework that has evolved to support that five steps to freedom process over the last 15 plus years, um, it's just, it's, it's breathtaking. When I consider the kind of the, uh, crudeness of some of the tools and processes I was using when I first got started compared to what we do now. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty surprising and encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Are you telling me you didn't license, not license, well, IP, you didn't stick some IP around that framework. Cause I heard you say you've seen other people using that now in the market. There are licensees. Yeah. Our licensees. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Um, what is what has what do you consider to be your biggest failure? Oh, such a great question and uh, the biggest failure. Well, I will tell you, um, this one comes to mind. Um, <laughs> after I sold my million dollar business coaching firm in two thousand and five, um, I spun a I spun out the the marketing department and spun it off into a separate entity. And, uh, and we were doing marketing services for business coaches uh, and, you know, outbound prospecting and things like that. And um, grew that over a period of a couple of years. And then when the 2008 stock market collapsed, uh, the, great, the great recession, um, we didn't have enough cash to outlast that. Mm. And so uh, by that point, I had probably 30 plus uh, outbound appointment setters working for me. We were serving business coaches really um, all around North America and even some overseas. And we're really good appointment setters for business coaches, mm -hmm. but I didn't have enough cash accumulated to outlast the, you know, the GFC yeah. uh, when it happened. So I ended up needing to shut that business down. 
So that was probably the most painful business experience of my life because I loved the people that worked for me. I mean, we had 30 people. Some of them felt like family. Um, and we had to literally, I mean, it was, it was amazing. I remember in September when the stock market collapsed, all of our credit cards just started failing when we were processing credit cards, you know, and, uh, and almost overnight revenue, you know, disappeared. Well, no, it was literally overnight. And, uh, <laughs> and I, and I had to bring everybody together and say, we, sadly, we are going to have to go out of business. You know, that was the, that was the worst experience in my life. Cause I, cause I, I just loved the people. Um, later on, we were able to restart and we opened up a new uh, marketing agency and, and uh, focused more on digital. And so there was a bit of a, you know, a resurrection later on, but, gotcha. um, but it was an awful experience. Now, the good thing is I can empathize with business owners, you know, like I've been through the highs of selling a business for seven figures and riding off into the sunset and losing a business, you know, catastrophically, I, I've kind of lived through it all, you know. Yeah. You talked about that marketing company. Is that um, still alive today? Is that some, how does that play in what, what you guys do? Yeah. So we started a marketing agency and uh, grew that over a period of few years, had no debt um, and, you know, very strong operating profit. We ended up uh, getting acquired or merged into our largest customer. That was a few years ago. So that was another good exit. Okay. Um, and I, I still own a you know, a small portfolio of privately held companies uh, and always, always doing stuff, you know, coaches, coaches, super important to me, but I have some other, other businesses too. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it. Marketing company. Does that help aid a lot of the stuff you guys do with the coaches when you bring them on and try to help them get better at attracting their ideal clients? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it. Um, One of the, one of the things that business coaches need to know how to do is market and sell for themselves, but also to, to know how to come into a business and stand up a marketing, you know, effort yeah. uh, and stand up a sales force. And so all the materials on how to do that, you know, are, are included in our, you know, our licensing stuff, of course, but yeah. Yeah. The stuff that we, that we've put together to do marketing and sales and the typical, and the typical small business is stuff that's involved in the trenches, you know, over the past 15 years. It's awesome. Now, you already have one Amazon bestseller uh, in that specific category. If you were to write another book today, what would you write about? What might the title be? Oh, my goodness. What an amazing question. And you didn't even give me any chance to think about it. So that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, if I were to write about, you know, I've, I've written a bunch of other books about business coaching that I just haven't put up on Amazon. Um, if you scrounge around on our website, you probably can find them. Gotcha. Um, so I've, I've written some other books, but if I go kind of off category and, and, mm-hmm. and leave the category, you know, what would I write a book about? I am, I'm fascinated by movements, fascinated by movements. I, I'm, I'm personally fascinated by the, you know, what, what we'll call the Jesus movement, which has been influencing the planet for the last couple thousand years. I think it's the most amazing, fascinating movement uh, in human history. But I'm also fascinated by sub movements and other movements within, you know, the, the, the global historical Jesus movement. I'm fascinated by church planting movements, missions movements. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm fascinated by other kinds of, uh, you know, just uh, popular movements that take place. So if I was going to write a book, it'd probably be something related to that. I, I enjoy thinking about how ideas grow and scale and, formalize into organizations and institutions that stuff just fascinates me 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I want you to take a journey back in time to when you were 18 years old, young Eric, full of uh, vision and dream and just going to conquer the world. You've gotten the benefit of foresight now with uh, a lot of these rich experiences. If you were to distill advice down to one major theme that you feel like would have helped Eric, the 18-year-old, what would you share with him? Well, I mean, that, you know, that is such a great question. My answer will be really very personal. You know, what I would have said to Eric, the 18-year-old, because I was just at that point, of course, graduating high school, getting ready to start college. I would have said to 18-year-old young Eric, don't abandon the faith. Don't, don't stray away from your faith in Christ and all that you've learned growing up in the church. Um, God will never leave you or forsake you. You may leave or forsake him, but he will never leave or forsake you. Uh, and your life will go a thousand times better if somebody much smarter and more powerful than you is in charge. Mm. So, so don't forget that and don't deviate that. Sadly, sadly, I did. I spent a few years uh, deviating from that. And those were a couple of the more painful years in my life. Sure. Um, but that's probably what I, what I would have said. I, I had an experience in 1992, right halfway through my college years, I had an experience where I was feeling discouraged by a lot of things. A lot of things I was doing just weren't, work, weren't working out. I was beginning to get in touch with the limitations of who I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just felt the still small voice say, hey, how's it going, son? How's it, how's it going? And I had to honestly answer, not really well. And the still small voice, I recognized the shepherd, Jesus, you know, said, hey, why don't you, why don't you come back, you know, and let me be in charge? Yeah. And it was a very quick transaction. In that moment, I just said, yeah, Such let's genius. do that. <laughs> and I felt a very powerful outpouring, you know, of the, of the presence in that moment. And I've never looked back. I've never looked back. I've been happily, you know, serving Christ since then. But that's what I would, that's the advice I would give. And that's advice I've given my kids, you know, and they've made some smarter decisions than me. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Well, I would venture to say most who were called to do great things normally have a story very similar to yours. I haven't strayed, tried it their way and realized I'm not as smart as I think I am. (laughs) That's right. Very cool. Well, listen, Eric, it's been great having you on here uh, for the viewing and listening public who's gotten to uh, really pick up some, some, some wisdom from your years in the business space who are like, man, I'm, I'm really liking what I'm hearing and feeling like they want to connect with you, learn more about your organization and see if there's an opportunity uh, maybe to even work with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, uh, mycoachescoach.com. And uh, any search on Coach's Coach and Eric Dombach should get you there, but mycoachescoach.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Eric, thanks for hanging out. Um, this is such a rich conversation. I feel like we should probably do a, a reprise, a part two to this at some point. So uh, watch out. We may, we may be extending an invitation to you to do just, do just that. Folks, Great I hope you've had gotten a lot of value out of today's episode and uh, we appreciate your time and attention until next time. Take care and God bless.
Welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. 